Hello, this is Coach Aaron Saft on the Running is Life podcast. Got a really fun guest today in Jeff Stafford. Some of you may know Jeff from the uh, Adventure Jogger podcast with Brian Pluckelman. Um, he is just a, a great wealth of knowledge and has some tremendous experiences at some amazing races, to say the least. Uh, you know, from the Vol State 500K uh, to the uh, third level of hell, just these amazing long races, as well as, you know, just some shorter races, Savage Golf and um, the Barkley Fall Classic, just some really cool stuff. So um, really happy to have Jeff on the podcast here. I certainly appreciate his time and willingness to come on and, and, and talk with me. Uh, I really hope you enjoy this conversation, and as always, I hope you take a bunch away from it. So um, here we are with Jeff Stafford. I'll catch up with you after our conversation. Jeff Stafford, he's here. <laughs> How are you? Good morning, good afternoon, good day, whatever. How are you doing? <laughs> oh, doing great. It's it's great to, to see you. Of course, the uh, listeners can't, but uh, I'm glad I got the opportunity to see you and to to chat with you. So uh, thanks again for, for coming on, man. No worries. Um, well, um, some of our listeners, um, surprisingly might not be familiar with you. <laughs> so, uh, why don't you give us the, uh, the 10 cent tour of Jeff Stafford, his background and where he came from and how he got into running. Oh my goodness. You got about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, well, <laughs> the down and the down and dirty side of it is, um, running, I guess came about is, uh, high school running some cross country and track. I was was not a varsity runner. I was a reserve or backup runner, if you will, whatever you call it. And didn't did about a year of each and didn't particularly enjoy each other. Didn't love it, didn't hate it, but I'm like, meh, it, it's okay. <laughs> so where, where did you grow up? Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska is where I went to high school, and most of my schooling is out in the Nebraska area. Okay. Um, joined the Army at a relatively old, ripe age of 18. <laughs> <laughs> Or went forego the college bit for a little bit. And, uh, of course, in the Army, you have to do what they call PT or physical training, usually three, sometimes five days a week, depending on what's going on. But typically, that's done at 5.30, 6 a.m. in the morning. You go stand in a formation. Everyone's wearing the same exact physical training clothes. <laughs> you do some calisthenics, and then you run anywhere from two to five miles, depending on what's going on the day. And you actually kind of learn to love to hate running because, <laughs> because you're running with a group of 30, 40, 50 other people at a pace you don't like, you know, at a speed you don't want to run, at a distance you don't want to run, or it's just you, it's, it's, it's forced fun, I guess you could say. <laughs> so you do it just because you have to. And it's, you know, I understand why, but. After I got out of the army, some twenty-six years later, I said, "I'm not going to run anymore because I don't have to." Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> and I actually got out of the army about uh, early two thousands, and along about two thousand thirteen, I think it was. Actually, it was Christmas day after Christmas, two thousand thirteen. I went for a walk with my then wife in the neighborhood, and just walked and the next morning got up and said, Hey, let's go do that again. So we walked. I said, I'm going to jog down to the stop sign and back, you know, I'll meet you there. And it got to be where my jogs were longer and longer each day. And finally she just said, Oh, go ahead and run. So <laughs> I run and run, run started, you know, started typical two mile training or three mile training run up to five. And then I 
entered, you know, like a 5K and did my first trail run and worked up to a marathon and 50K and 50 <laughs> mile and 100K. And, you know, the typical sequence of, and that's it, the rest is just kind of history. That's kind of how my running went. Right. So, but all that's been taking place since 2014, the running part. Right on. Right on. And yeah, you've obviously um, had a few. Um, Jeff, under, of course, as I said to Jeff prior to recording, that uh, Ultra Sign is not the end all be all, but he has 57 races to his name on Ultra Sign Up. Um, and some really um, impressive ones. Uh, just, I was kind of going through here. Um, he's got, you know, 100 mile finishes. Um, went after the Vol State 500K, which, uh, you know, I'd really like to hear about at some point in this conversation. Um, and uh, just a number of different types of formats. Uh, early on, it was, um, you know, kind of your um, your 50Ks and, and marathons. And then it looks like your first 100 miler was around 2015, right? Yeah, around that time frame, yes. Yeah, uh, which was the Mark Twain Endurance Runs. Um, what well, got you? That was the first. That was the first one I finished. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, it doesn't have a DNF in here, so my apologies um, for anything else. But um, why don't you talk about what led up to that? What got you going? Because you kind of, you know, obviously grew your distances. Um, and then within a year, you're already looking at 100 miler. So uh, what was the evolution of that? Uh, I run with a couple of buddies here in town. One is my my podcast host, Ryan Pluckelman. Yeah. And other is Travis Esterby. He owns a local Fleet Feet store here, and we run together yeah. quite a bit. Nice. Uh, of late, but um, they had been running some years before I even started, and I, I don't know, somehow I went to a Fleet Feet Fun Run one night and met up with them, and we got along, and I kind of volunteered to go help Ryan with his hundred mile race. He did the Ozark Trail one hundred, I believe it was, and uh, okay. it gave me the bug. So I see. Did fifty k, you know, fifty miler, and um, the very first hundred miler I attempt was the Indiana Trail one hundred. Okay. On on the old course format where I believe it was uh four twenty-five mile loops. And Ryan and Travis both came up to crew and paced me on that. And I was underprepared, failed miserably, and at about sixty-seven miles, I said, Nope, I'm done. <laughs> it was more of a uh physically I had time to walk and complete the course, but I was of the mind, oh no, you have to run these things. You have to run the whole thing or you're a failure. <laughs> and uh i had a couple little aches and pains but basically my mind gave out on me is what it is i just let it win and mm. um learned a lot from that and then i signed up for the mark train twain 100 uh neither of those two guys were available to crew or pace so my daughter came out nice. to to crew me and she had no crew experience had no idea what i was doing what she was doing so it was, but i completed it it was it was an interesting night and uh got through that that kind of that kind of gave me the bug to like well my goal is a sub 24 i got to get a sub 24 somewhere you know and okay it's been elusive i have i've had a i think i have one or two and i've had a couple close ones and something always you know you never quite have the day you want to have when you go out there it's just yes. something always happens but that's part <laughs> of trail racing it sure is it sure is i am i can attest to that for sure <laughs> um can we go back just a second? Um, something you said was was really interesting to me um, that, you know, you were um, your mind like that's the biggest thing to me is the mind in these long events. Um, and um, you said your mind just kind of gave up on you. Um, 
in that statement, like what was that? Like how, you know, were you just, you know, fatigued um, or were you just not having fun? Like what ultimately led you to that decision where your mind was just not with you? Um, what kind of state were you in that led to that? Well, let's see. It was a little, it was a little cold, but you know, like dress warm, that wasn't the issue. And uh, hydration, nutrition were okay for where I was at in that point in the race. Uh, I was new green to ultra running at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, God bless my pacers at the time. They, they tried to convince me. Otherwise they just say, well, let's go to the next stage station. We'll talk about there. You know, the typical things a good pacer will say to you to keep you moving and I don't, I'm, I still to this day, I'm not quite sure why. I, I think it's just because I was new and didn't understand that what my body could do at the time. Right. And the body can do so much more than, than you give it credit for. It's, it's, it's really amazing. And as a result of that race, I've gone on to do other 100 milers and Vol State and Heart of the South and recently uh, the Third Circle of Hell race, which that, all three of those races, yeah, they're long distance, but it's really all it, – it's all in the mind is how you get those races completed. Right. And, right. and you you learn to become mentally tough, I think, is what, what, what happens. And, you know, um, Courtney DeWalter is, is famous for, you know, stating that it's, it's the pain cave and being able to excavate that pain cave. And I had this conversation recently with one of my athletes – um, sure. because it was his first hundred. And I don't think when you're, like you said, green to a hundred miles, your mental ability to encapsulate what is a hundred miles when you get later into that race and the challenges present themselves, not only mentally, but physically, you, you just don't have the tools yet to understand no. what, you know, you can do, you know, if you haven't had previous experience, if you're that new to running, you know, whereas like an athlete that's been running for a long time, they've been marathoning, et cetera. They have more tools because they've experienced that pain to some capacity. You know, a hundred miles brings a whole new challenge to the mental game. But if you start to have those tools, then you're able and capable of it. Whereas like somebody that just started running and they're building towards that longer distance, they don't have those tools. And that's what a lot of times takes them out because they're, you know, they're not capable of understanding what you just said the body is capable of so much more. It's just, you know, making the mind understand, yes, we can continue. <laughs> so I like, I totally understand where you're coming from and, and what you're saying. As I said, I just experienced that with one of the athletes I coach and it's just trying to teach them. There are tools to use. It's just, you have to practice using those two tools and understand what they are so that when the situation arises, you can employ them. So right. absolutely. A lot of trail roads I've seen, Younger guys, younger gals, you know, in their twenties, thirties, sometimes up in their forties. I'm I'm old, you know, I'm ninety-seven years old, is, is what Ryan <laughs> <laughs> I'm an and um it's it's funny, you know, how eventually you can pass and literally uh, crush some younger runners because they don't have the mind or mental tools to, to get them through a race sometimes. But it'll come with experience, it'll come. Yep. But it took a long time realize you know your your mind is an amazing tool in itself 
It is. It is. It is. It's, you know, one of the keys to being a successful ultra runner is just training the mind. You know, we, we oftentimes train the body, but oftentimes neglect the mind. Um, you know, I, I have my runners read, um, mental training for ultra running by Addie Bracey. Um, especially if they're planning on doing a hundred miler, I said, you need to go through this. If you've read it already, go back through and do, you know, the, the work activities, um, and, you know, think about these things on your run, just so, you know, you're constantly thinking about, okay, you know, if this obstacle presents itself, this is, you know, the tools I have to combat it. And if I don't have those tools, then it's a conversation that needs to be had either with myself, a training partner, you know, somebody to, to help you, you know, kind of figure out what's, what is, uh, you know, the possibility of getting through this, you know, this problem. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's a huge piece. And another book that I always recommend is uh, Travis Macy's book, The Ultra Mindset. He has a lot of good mental tools in that book. Um, so I like, you know, use the tools that are out there. I, like, I don't know if you've read either of those books, but um, I think there's some great things in there. You know, I, I took away and I'm not a sports psychologist um, and, and either, either of those two, but they have brought in some great sports psychology into, you know, into helping us understand how to get through those tough moments. Um, no, but, if, you, uh, uh, if you don't mind yeah. afterwards, if you send me the uh, titles of both those books. I'll, yeah, I'll look. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, fantastic stuff. Uh, there's some great stuff out there, but um, those two are very specific, obviously to our sport. Um, so, um, but yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you. The um, so, and back to your experiences. Um, let's go. Um, there's so many, so many questions, but um Let's just dive in. What's been your favorite experience or your favorite race thus far? Oh, my gosh. I don't know if I have a favorite race so much as I have a favorite distance. Okay. What's your favorite distance? I, I fun races, the ones I, I like to do is a 50K race. Okay. It's just, you know, it's something you can go, you can drive to, be done in a half, a quarter day, whatever yeah. it is, and drive yeah. back home they're just they're just so enjoyable you get to see all the all your friends and <laughs> enjoy things a little bit and get some miles in and a little touch of pain here and there depending on the day and um <laughs> they're just a lot of fun the, the first 50k i think it did was uh oak mountain down in uh, alabama it was a it was a fun time down there nice but that's yeah and um, you know this day and age there seems to be like a million different races a million different formats um, you know, and, and 50 K is still present. I'm glad to say, but it seems like we're, we're starting to lose a few of the other distances, kind of the in-betweens, if you will. Yeah. Um, because the, the focus has become on the hundred miler and now, you know, plus <laughs> we'll just say, you know, hundred mile plus, right. Plus. Um, you know, when, when you've, cause you've been in this almost 10 years, um, where do you see the sport kind of diminishing and where do you see it growing? Well, I hope we continue to see growth as far as um, numbers of runners because, you know, a, a big race uh, does good things for a race director. They they get their little money and stuff that they earn. Some don't. But um, I want to see that continue to grow. Uh, where, we're, where I think we're diminishing some is, uh, and I'm talking trail races here, is um, a lot of, not a lot, but do you see a lot of trail runners with, with uh i'll call it attitude problems in that they think they're deserving of this or that or 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 whatever i don't have to follow the rules or you know i can it's okay to litter or you know those little things like that and it 
adds up and it drives me crazy when I see people do that kind of stuff. It's like, sure. seriously, just stop, you know, <laughs> before you out here and run with your friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of diminishing in that area. Fair enough. I, um, I oftentimes wonder, um, we talk about the accessibility and growth of our sport, but you know, we've got these, these races and we'll just call them bucket list races for you know sure. our intents and purposes, but you know, everybody now is shooting for those races, right? So the accessibility and continued growth, I think also diminishes everybody's opportunity and, you know, and accessibility to certain races, um, as they grow in popularity, um, sure. You know, and it's it's tough because they can't do it twice in a year, you know, so it, it makes the sport sometimes a little bit more inaccessible because we're trying to make it more accessible. Um, so it, it's kind of like a catch 22, right? Um, everybody wants to run Western states. The lottery keeps growing, but, you know, it's the opportunities are limited. They, that doesn't change. So, um, you know, I think people get frustrated. Um, because they're waiting, you know, I mean, like, had I not gotten in through the raffle into Western states, I was on like year seven of the lottery and now, you know, my tickets are still there. So um, it would be year eight of, of going into the lottery, but you know, people wait a long time. And then, you know, I, like, not that there's an answer to it, right? Like there's, there's no answer to it. I just bring up, you know, the kind of the point. So people understand it's like, we all have to wait our turn, you know, it, whether it be Western States, hard rock, UTMB, you know, these type of races, it's, it's really tough. Um, and you've got to run some, some really cool ones. Like, um, you know, you were talking about, um, ball state, you know, that's a, a tougher race to get into. Um, did you, how many times did you apply for ball state? Uh, I'm trying to think ball, ball actually ball state is, um, ball state is relatively simple to get into. It's not, oh, it's okay. not, um, they, they run a wait list for it, but if you're on the wait list, yeah. you're all certain to get in oh, because the turnover rate is that high. Uh, for whatever reason, people back out to like the last minute, the last, yeah. particularly the last month or so, they just, they're backing out left, right, left, right, left, right. And gotcha. I've seen everyone off the wait list get in before. Oh, in interesting. Okay. Well, um, another one would be Barkley Fall Classic. Um, you know, I've, I've applied there and been on the wait list and, and not gotten in a few times. Um, but you know, it, like there's a lot of popularity to the sport and, and Laz has done a tremendous job of coming up with different formats, um, yeah. and different types of races. And, and, you know, for our intents and purposes, people may not know what the Vol state one, uh, 500 K is. Um, why don't you talk about that and, and let's get into your experience with that race. Cause that's a really interesting race. Okay, so Ball State is um, it. First of all, everyone needs to know it. It is a road race. Okay, it is not a trail race. It is three hundred fourteen miles or five hundred kilometers, whichever you prefer. <laughs> um, it takes place primarily on smaller highways and back roads. Uh, starts in Darina Landing, Missouri. You ride a ferry across, and your time starts when you get on that ferry. So you're Time is running when you get on the ferry and uh, you touch land over in um, Tennessee and you run a designated course, which stays the same year after year after year. So it's no secret. And you end up in a place called Castle Rock, Georgia, which is if you can imagine where the Tennessee state line 
Georgia and Alabama all converged to make that three point area. Okay. You're within a all that is where you finish, but you're on the you're on the Georgia side actually. So but it's um you can do the race. Uh, it's called crude, meaning you can have a crew, or screwed, meaning you have no crew. You're you're doing it on and I elected to do it uh on my own in 2019, the first year I ran it. And it's quite the eye opener. <laughs> it, it, it briefs well. You rehearse it. You know this. You plan this. You plan that. You get all your gear, your kit, everything together. You got your foot care locked down and hydration, nutrition. Like I said, it briefs well. And then you get out there and start moving. And the first day is not horrible. Um, I think I ran 73 miles the first day. Um, your, your, your top runners, probably the eventual winners are going to be somewhere between anywhere from 95 to 110 miles in that range is where they would be. And, but you, you got to realize you, you are relying upon yourself screwed. You have no one to crew you. So you have to carry all your food, all your water, all your foot care stuff, everything uh, you can you can stop at a hotel if you choose. Uh, if you get off the route, uh, I'd typically if there's a hotel available, I'd get off the route, jump in the hotel, spend about three four hours of rest, get a shower, wash your clothes in the sink, jump up, put them on, and get back on the road. <laughs> but you have to go in the exact same spot that you left. Mm. Uh, so if the hotel's a mile off course, that mile doesn't count. You got to right. take that exact mile back to where you left uh same thing with food and hydration you know you you're living off of dollar generals and 7-elevens and gas stations and you're like oh well what about the nighttime yeah what about the night (laughs) (laughs) those little country stores and stuff are closed up at night so you learn to carry what you need with you and uh most people prefer to do their running at night um you end up walking quite power walking, but you end up walking quite a bit just because like I said, you, you brief it, you tell yourself, well, I can run 50 miles a day. Well, can you, <laughs> have you tried it? Have you ever done it? <laughs> <laughs> you don't know until you get out there and do it. And you're, right. and you're, uh, you're exposed to the sun. It's just brutal on the asphalt. You know, uh, ball state takes place in July, probably the hottest month in Tennessee. You're on black asphalt, no shade, typically no shade. And the ambient temperature usually is between 90, 95 degrees, humidity, anywhere from 70 to 90% humidity. But you got to realize the heat radiating off that asphalt is as high as 120, 125 degrees. So it, it really takes its toll on you and you're running on a cambered road. So your feet just take a beating. I mean, a beating. Your joints are sore. Everything hurts. This is where having that strong mental game when you have to tell yourself to just F off for lack of a better word <laughs> and, and keep pressing on with what you're, what you're trying to get accomplished. And um, I forget the Vol State record. It's either a very high three days and 23 hours or something or very low four days and something. But uh, I managed to pull out um, – a what was it a five i think five and a half days i think i pulled it i can't remember the exact number but 
Yeah. But uh, Vol State is so that's and Laz calls us a journey run. And it is a journey because you learn a lot about yourself and the road and running. And it's just a lot of fun. It's uh, it's one in a trilogy of his journey races now. And Vol State is the now considered the the entry level journey run. Yeah. <laughs> came up came up with a second journey run about four years ago, five years ago, maybe called Hots Heart of the South. Yeah. And it's it it's much like Vol State, except everyone that runs that is screwed. You cannot have a crew. Interesting. And the route is not published. It changes every year. You don't get the route until the night before the race, much like Big Barkley. You don't see the route. You don't have a clue what it is. You just know right. where you're starting. Yep. Um, then this summer, he came out with, with the what he called the graduate level course. Uh, it was called the Third Circle of Hell. <laughs> and same type of thing. Um, it is, you don't know the route. Uh, everyone, it, actually, this one you could have crew on. Um I didn't know that at the time, but you could have crew. But it is tough, much tougher because it is almost all back, back, back roads. I mean, just unbelievable. This is a road. (laughs) (laughs) And he'd take you into a town and you'd think, okay, I'll go down the main drag here and hit the gas station and this, that, and the other for whatever I need. No. He'll take you off a side road to purposely take you around the town <laughs> to mess with mine. So if you want those services, you have to hike into town to get it and then hike back. So it just, it's a big mental game, yeah. but uh, managed, to, managed to complete that one in, I don't know, seven plus days, but that's awesome. Those, those are the types of races. And uh, I think you hit, hit on earlier. You mentioned um, patience, uh, all these races, you know, that now have wait lists or lotteries. It all comes down to being patient, biding your time, keep reapplying year after year, whatever the case may be. Yeah. And it'll happen. Right. Yep. Right. And where, um, where do you think your patience and your mental capacity to do these, uh, you know, was that formulated in, in the army or, you know, post army, uh, a combination? It's, it's definitely a combination. I think the, the groundwork for, you know, the, the, the base layer, if you will, was uh, formed in the army and particularly the last eight years that I spent in special operations. Um, because quite frankly, special operations is a, it's a no fail mission. Okay. So you have to, you have to be able to compartmentalize your brain to do whatever it takes to get that mission done. And so that played a, a big part along with the experiences of trail running and, you know, learning those, those things that, Oh, your ankle hurts. Well, how bad does it hurt? Can you keep walking? Cause if you can walk, you need to keep going. So, you know, those, <laughs> those, like, and just, it, it, it was a combination for sure. Um, now your, your ultra sign up, forgive me. It only lists the um, Vol state 2022 as a DNF. Do you have others? Uh, that's the, I've only run Vol State twice in 2019 and in 2022, I DNF'd, uh, that time I, <laughs> I had some serious issues in that race, serious foot issues, um, to the point where I stopped, I found a laundromat, laid down the laundromat to sleep for a couple hours. I should know I was in bad shape before I got to the laundromat, but got some sleep, <laughs> got, and my feet were so 
I remember so, those posts. <laughs> um, when I found that I could only walk one mile in an hour, that that was that was max speed. That was all I could do. I did the math, and there was no way I could finish in ten days because you have ten days to finish Ball State. Right. So don't let don't, don't let my times of five days, six days, whatever. No, you have ten full days. You can you can literally walk the entire course of Ball State in 10 days. You need to do 31 miles a day. You can walk 31 miles a day, no problem. Right. But uh, yeah, Hunt Brownlee, he talked about that. The math was just showing me you there's you can't you you cannot finish this race. Yeah. And you didn't see that changing just based on the condition of your feet. No, they were only getting worse. Yeah. Gotcha. Um do you you've got these long races obviously. Um beforehand is there a a point in which you tell yourself if i get to this this is the time where i'm okay with dnfing do you have that limitation or do you not set that prior i i typically don't set it i i just don't i i try to give it my own um i think i've only dnf'd uh indiana trail 100 as i said that won't for sign up because that was an old uh run sign up event i think gotcha. or some other gotcha. yeah so it just doesn't show up that was my very first hundred which which happens to a lot of people on their first ultra right um and ball state in 2022 okay. that's, that's pretty impressive that's pretty impressive you know given all these races that you've done um and i mean I mean, the backyard, you know, you've done, you've done a backyard, you're wearing your, your shirt there. (laughs) Um, talk about that. I mean, I'm sure most people are familiar with the format, but if you would just kind of explain the format real quick and then just kind of talk about what that, what that entails and what that was like and, you know, what it got to be like later in the race. Okay. Depends which backyard you're talking about. Uh, this, this particular one, is a spinoff of one of Laz's. Laz, you know, is the, I guess you could say he's the originator of, of the backyard events. And it, those um, that can't see, he has a grind on the grid backyard ultra. <laughs> yeah, Matt Cantrell, not, no relation to Gary Cantrell, but um, he put this one on and Ryan and I went and ran that. But uh, backyard events are typically a fixed course. Um, if you're true to the distance, it's, 4.16667 miles in length. Right. And you have one hour to complete that distance. Um, you complete that. If you get done 20 minutes in 40 minutes, you got 20 minutes to sit down and do whatever you want. Eat, drink, sleep. Um, then the whistle will blow and you get up and you go run it again and again <laughs> and again and again. And you keep going until literally the last man is standing. So right. Those are, uh, if anything else, those are good mental training races. It's just because it makes you get up and keep going when you could just sit in that lawn chair, or lay down in that tent and just stay there, you know, right. but right. that's, that's, it's kind of a, I, I kind of like point to point races or long out and backs because the, in my mind, the, the problem with loops, loop type races, particularly short loop races it's a huge mental battle. Yeah, yeah. It gives you the excuse to just stop because so, <laughs> you're back at the start. If you want to build some mental mental muscle, do some of those events, and it'll show you a lot about yourself. 
it's, it's pretty interesting. How, uh, how far did you end up getting in this one and what took you out? Okay. All, all of the backyard vases I've done, uh, I've done Laz is actually a couple of day, uh, times, big dogs. Um, I got in off the wait list off both times. I did that not thinking I'd ever get in, but got in and fortunately, unfortunately, however you want to look at it. Um, I, most of those races, I had a hundred miler schedule within a couple weeks of, and that was my a race, that particular hundred miler. So I only used the backyard event as a training run. And typically I'd only run 30 or 40 miles intentionally. And I'd stop and say, I'm done because that was my final long training run. Yep. Um, could have went further. Yes. But at the yeah. time that was my a race or goal. So sure. Sure, sure. all the training runs and it's good mental training. Like I said, very good mental training. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> you had, uh, let's see the, the race we were just talking about grinding on the grid was April 15th, um, sure. leading into the three sisters ultra trail festival, which was a 24 hour event. Um, yeah. was that another training style event? It was and I, my primary reason for going out and doing that was to help a friend of mine, um, pace him and crew him and the information i got was well no one can be on the course unless you're a runner i see so okay i'll sign up run the event but i'm only pacing and crewing so subsequently you know you don't get a lot of miles but i got to got to pace him at the same time and then sit down and rest and crew and again another another type training run just happened that way which led you into um the last annual heart of the South road race, which you, you talked about earlier, um, which you finished in six days, uh, just over six days. Um, that experience, what made you turn around uh, about a week later and, and do hell Mary, <laughs> the six hour run. <laughs> I, I, like I said, it was just, it was just to help him out on that, that run, but it was, uh, Oh, so no- the, the hell Mary was another, um, like pacing. You're talking about third circle of hell. Um, I, well, so it has listed. Um, I don't think, oh no, I'm sorry. It, was a, it was a month after. I'm sorry, it was a month after. Um, yeah. It has hell Mary six hour run. Um, was and that was a uh, was that another just training run or just something yeah. you're helping a friend out? Yeah, okay, gotcha. Yeah, I was looking. It's June and July, so I was thinking they were both like June. My fault. Um, what is uh, what does recovery look like for you? Well, recovery. Uh, as an aging runner, I can say that because I am old, um, <laughs> I've learned as an aging runner, um, my mind a week after a race is okay, let, let's go, let's get back on the road to get back on the horse. Right. The body not so much. It takes, it takes longer physically to recover as you age. It, it just does. That's, that's the reality of it. And, and I've had to learn it the hard way a couple of times. Um, I think after uh, the race I did in August called Third Circle of Hell, it was 371 miles, I didn't run or even go for a, a walk for over three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I'm beginning to kind of understand why, um, let's take elite runners, for example. They run some pretty hard races when they're when they're on. I mean, they're putting everything they've got into that and 
Now I understand why a lot of them take three months off of running. They just take it off. I'm like, you know what? I kind of get that now. Mm -hmm. You don't have to run year round. Um, If you want to, if you're doing it for fun. Yeah. But I'm good, bad, or indifferent. I'm a competitive type of guy. I like to compete. Uh, That kind of gives me my, my mojo. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's just something you gotta gotta deal yeah, with. You gotta listen to your body. Um, yeah, that's a conversation I'm having with my athletes today. I do um, Zoom call on Mondays, and we're talking about that. You know, finish your A race and then take a break. Like, you know, I finished the Grand Slam, and now I'm. Yeah, you know, I, I right. told them. I said I'm, I I scheduled a month at least off. I said that's what I, I you know necessitated was that I need at least a month. If I need more, I'll take more. And you know, ultimately, it comes down to. Where is your body and where is your mind? Right, like you said, your mind is ready to go, and sometimes your mind's not. If you've had like a really long season, done right. a lot of races, you may need that mojo back, you know. And it may just be your mind needs longer. Your body may be ready to go, but if your mind's not, I would still hold off and still recover. So, um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great conversation and a great point. Um, just listening to every piece of the body, right? Like you know, and and I, I think people underestimate just how much these races take out of us down to a hormonal level, you know? So it's, it's being okay with taking that time off because you'll come back healthier, stronger, and able to train better. So taking that time off is, you know, it's vital. Um, I have learned that taking that time off. Yeah. You, you lose some aerobic fitness, you lose some fitness while doing that, but you can gain it back relatively quickly. I mean, it's not like starting up brand new running again. It it comes back. Um, not not overnight, obviously, but it you yeah. can build back race race speed pretty pretty quickly. Yes, the aerobic capacity the, it takes a long time to lose your aerobic capacity. It's usually your max VO two that starts to diminish the most quickly. Yeah. Which, yeah. you know, training aerobic like I said that comes back quick, and then you can redevelop your your max VO two. So, uh, but yeah, so that time off. There's a, there's a question you didn't ask me, and that a lot of people do sometimes is, I like they're like why what made you decide to run Vol state or hots or third circle of hell? Those are all 300 plus mile events, you know, on yep. the road summer, it's hot, it's miserable. Why would anybody do that? <laughs> <laughs> and I often say I do those things because I don't like road running. I don't like the heat. I don't like this, that, or the other. And it builds your mind. Right. Yeah. Really does. That was going to be a later I, question, but that's, that's great. <laughs> that, that's why. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, building your mental fortitude and your mental strength is just incredible. And you have to do those hard things in order to do so. Um, right. You know, it makes the other races that much easier when, you know, you've experienced that, that, you know, that really excruciating race that you're just suffering the entire time through. Um, so no, that's great. Um, any deeper portion like you know not just these races right like you've just defined why you do those but like if you were to choose another race um you know just let's just say you chose like a 100k or a 100 miler and you it wasn't any of those circumstances of which you just defined being hot on the road etc um what do you find was your is your why why do you do that event what's the Uh, cause of that the races other different distances oftentimes i ask myself uh and and typically i don't 
run the same race year after year after year with a few exceptions. I run BFC quite a bit and strolling gym quite a bit. Um, but typically it's to, it goes back to my competitive nature in that I'm like, can I beat myself? Can I go, can I do better? Can I, you know, it's, it's a challenge. It's a personal challenge to myself is, is my, why yeah. other, other what's, um, you know, I'm supporting cancer victims or whatever, whatever your why is, that's, that, that's a big part in, uh, determining what I run and when I run it, why I run it, that type of thing. It's just, yeah. I, it all comes down to, can I, can I better myself? Not, not so much. Can I beat runner X, Y, or Z? Uh, can I better myself? Can I go run that 50 K in, in, in a sub five? Can I, you know, it just mm -hmm. depends on what it is, but right. I set myself the goal and um, go from there. I think some people select a race because of its popularity. Yeah. And I, yeah. I think that can be the wrong choice. Not always, but you know, not knowing the race, its history, the course, um, what the race entails, you know, without doing that research, you know, if, if you line up and you're surprised by the race and you're like, this is awful, <laughs> you know, like I, I don't like anything about this race, it becomes that much tougher to finish. So, understanding what you're getting into obviously what you know what what the race entails what the course is etc you know knowing those things not just the popularity of the race but like why it's popular because some races are just popular because they're really tough and if that's not your style of racing then you've got yourself into something you know I, like some people don't even look at an elevation profile before signing up and then you know then they start researching the race after the fact and they're like oh my god what i get into <laughs> you know so <laughs> Example that is I was at BSC in the last weekend. I was doing volunteer work because I'm kind of recovering from a bit of an injury. But um, I saw some people there. That was their first 50K. I'm like, oh, my. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the same at Leadville this summer. I was like, oh, this is your like, first 100? Like, oh, my gosh. Read but... the race, race reports at all? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, oh, my gosh. I've, I've kind of evolved into, uh, I, I mean, I like a challenging race, like challenge myself, but I like, I like doing races now where you question yourself, even up to signing up for, you know, like, I, I don't, I don't know if I can finish this. I just don't know. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. those things I'm really interested in now. And, um, you know, I, I may, may venture off and try some FKTs may try some, off trail stuff made, you know, just different things that, yeah. uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's challenge to me. It's, it's, that's it. That's what I like. Awesome. And you just mentioned injury, which is another component that, you know, comes around, um, you know, some runners, they try to fake their way through it when they probably shouldn't, but you know, can you talk right. about injury for a moment and you know, what you've learned over the course of your career here? Sure. I mean, it's um, injuries. I think after you've run trail, I'm I'm back to trail again, and maybe road to some extent too. You kind of know what little niggles and what little bothersome bothersome things you can get by with. Um, some you know tiny blisters and uh, joint discomfort, and those are typical things that trail runners experience a lot, and stomach aches, and you know you might have GI just and just things like that you you kind of learn to deal with but then there are others where you're like 
sharp, excruciating pains that are not going away, you know, when it's getting worse and you try to run through it and you find yourself getting up in the morning limping when you get out of bed and things like that. Those are, those are all like danger, 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 you know, <laughs> red flags, red flags, <laughs> back it down and or stop for a while and get it, go see the doctor, get it figured out. I know we all hate going to the doctor because we don't want to miss a running day. God forbid. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you have to do those things and yeah. it's uh it really does come down to listening to your body i know it's cliche and people say it all the time but you got to learn you got to learn when to listen <laughs> yeah absolutely no absolutely thank you um what is your what does your training look like what does that entail do you have any like benchmark workouts or or long runs that you like to see happen you know throughout training or in your training well, I kind of leave that up to my coach now. She's uh, she takes care of a lot of that because excellent. I found when I was doing my own, and I here's the thing. I'll go run, but I run what I think I need, and you know it gets repetitive, and you're like, okay, I got a, a hundred mile race coming up. I want to schedule a fifty k two months prior, a fifty fifty mile one month prior, and then uh, my taper I figured out is what's good for me is about. Two weeks prior, I'll start backing it down. A lot of people are three weeks or more, but um, just you know, you gotta you gotta kind of plan that stuff out a little bit and look at it. Yeah, and give a shout out to your coach. Who's that? My coach is Becca Jones, um, local. Well, she lives about an hour away, but she takes care of. Uh, you know, she'll assign me something. And I'm like, and I'll look at the assignment. And I you question yourself, like, why in the hell would she assign that? I was a bit. <laughs> Long run and she's got me doing uh, an hour and a half of power walking today or whatever the you know yeah, yeah. or or she'll assign speed work and you're like oh i hate speed work you know <laughs> <laughs> just stuff like that that so it mixes it up um which which keeps me honest you know otherwise i'll i'll only do what i want to do or what i think i need to do and sometimes it takes a second or third or fourth set of eyes to look at you and go you know, you could do better if you do X, Y, and Z, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's not that a lot of us necessarily need a coach. Um, some people need the coach for that experience to lean on, or they need the coach for that hydration and nutrition planning, or they need the coach for, uh, like me, I just need someone to put together a daily plan for me that, that I wouldn't think of doing, you know, and sure. things like that. Yeah. Have you built other members of your team? And by that, I mean, like, you have a coach. Do you have, like, a physical therapist, a massage therapist, et cetera? I do not. Um, I know this This may be – I have never been to a physical therapist. I have never had a massage. I, you know, it's just I, – I keep saying I need to go experience and do that, and some people will be like, oh, my God, you'll be in heaven if you do <laughs> <laughs> I just never have. It's not that I'm afraid to do it or whatever. I just, I just haven't, but yeah. um, it's a relatively small group that she trains, but uh, she's out right now doing a, I think it's a 640 mile race across Tennessee from wow. the very, from the very South West corner, uh, the, the Memphis area. All the way up to the very northeast corner, kind of caddy corner states. Yeah. Oh my She's goodness. doing a port, um opioid crisis within Tennessee. Wow. So it's a good, good cause. And she's, cool. uh, 
She's out there working. Just you had a, if, if you would send me the link to that and we'll put it in the show notes. Sure. We'll do her, that. Yeah. Her fundraising link. That'd be awesome. Um, so, you know, going on basically 10 years here, um, looking through it, you've mentioned a few of them, but how have you evolved? How have you changed? What, what has changed the most since you started running for you personally? I mean, well, you, you, you get the obvious, um, your physical abilities improve, you know, particular, particularly those first two years that you're running. That's, that's probably your biggest physical changes and gains that you see. And then it's just fine tuning from that point on. But, um, biggest learning things we've talked about it time and time again here is, is the mental game. It's you, you can look back and say, you know, boy, I was a complete idiot. That 50 months. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just funny how, and that continues to grow even to this day. Yeah, It's amazing the little bits and pieces, the more you're around people, what you pick up, what you learn, how it can be as simple as uh, blister care. Uh, I remember when I first ultra just ran right through the 50K with a huge, huge hill blister, Did not, just did nothing about it. And I'm like, you idiot. You know? <laughs> but now I have several techniques, several methods and, and means to deal with those things and fix them. And, Good. and it's just, uh, hydration, nutrition, all these things you have to catalog away in your brain up here, you know, that yeah. continues to build That's and awesome. it helps on everything that you do. Um, what would be the missing piece right now? If you're like, if I could dial this in, it would be the biggest game changer for me. Um. I don't know if it's a particular piece, but I would like to, and it's nobody's fault but my own. I would like to uh, build more physical strength, uh, knowing as an aging runner, that's, that's it's increasingly harder to do, but I think there's room to do it. Um, do you incorporate any strength training? I, that's, that's a key one is strength training. I don't, I don't go to a gym or do anything like that. I don't lift any weights um, knowing I should knowing full well I should, uh, particularly with some of the races I just described to you that I want to get into. Um, physical strength is an absolute key part of it. Core strength is huge. Um, a lot of these, these races that people are just clamoring to get into uh, actually don't involve a lot of running. It's, it's a lot of other abilities that go along with, you know, physical strength, right. climbing, rope climbing, you know, yeah. just, all those types of things. And yeah, I, I need to work on physical strength training. Right on. And what's your, your biggest bucket list item? It does not have to be a race. What's your biggest bucket list item? Oh gosh, I don't really have a bucket list. Um, <laughs> any, I, anything I, that you really would look forward to doing, you know, oh, you have I, the opportunity. I have, I have <laughs> good, bad or different. I have always wanted and aspired to get into the big Barkley race. I've always mm -hmm. wanted just, it's just been a goal of mine knowing full well, it is, it's not something everybody wants to do. I know right. that, but it is one of those popularity type races now where it's increasingly harder and harder and harder to get into that event. Yeah. And yeah. I would, I would love to be able to give that an attempt. I say attempt because 99% of the people that go fail 
And uh, but that's just the type of race that that interests me. Those types of races. Right. right. Uh, have you been able to apply? I have. Yes. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Gotcha. Well, I, I hope, certainly hope you have the opportunity at some point to to experience it. That's pretty cool. Um, so, um, just want to be cognizant of your time, but in kind of closing and summation here, um, any parting words of wisdom or any thoughts you'd like to just leave the listeners with? Oh, oh gosh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'll say this, listen to, uh, listen to these podcasts, your podcast, Ryan's podcast. There's a lot of good running podcasts out there and try to find those that, um, I mean, yeah, we're, these podcasts are primarily about trail running, but, uh, listen to some of your road running friends. I'm sure you all, well, maybe you don't call them friends, but uh, <laughs> listen to a few. They can teach you some things. Um, they have different types of pain that they go through as opposed to a trail runner mm-hmm. and different mental game that they have to deal with that you don't. Um, go listen to some of those podcasts and, and check that out. Right on. And lastly, how can people connect with you? Uh, you can connect with me on my personal Facebook page. I think that's, you know, send me a friend, re- friend request and I'll, I'll either say yay or nay, one or the other. But um, uh, you can hear me on the podcast from time to time uh, with Ryan Pluckelman on the Adventure Jogger. I'm kind of the, uh, I liken myself to the Ed McMahon of Johnny Carson. I'm on there occasionally. And uh, Ryan Ryan is the main host of the show and he does a great job with it. And uh, Absolutely. Yes, I've Just had the pleasure of being on there. So um, I'll put that stuff in the show notes. Jeff, I want to thank you so much for all you do for our running community and for coming on and sharing your experiences and your knowledge. It's, uh, you know, I, I really love that people can take away a lot from this conversation. So thank you so much, sir. No worries. Thank you again to Jeff for coming on. Um, man, I really enjoyed our conversation. Um, Jeff just has so many great experiences. I'm sure we could have just <laughs> rambled on and talked about all these different races and, and experiences and things he's done. Uh, so I really, I thank him for everything and for being on, um, for myself, uh, still in recovery mode, but doing well, um, had a lot of people reach out and ask, um, I guaranteed myself a month off, which will take me into early October. October is my favorite month to run. So I am really itching and ready to run. My body feels good. I think my mind is ready to run again. I'm really starting to miss it, but I'm really, you know, taking the time that I promised myself off, uh, as Jeff and I kind of talked about during the, uh, the podcast, you know, making sure we give our bodies that rest that it really needs. So, um, yeah, just taking a few more weeks off from running. So no training right yet. Uh, just taking Mr. Miles, my dog for a walk and enjoying that, enjoying my kids going hiking with them. Um, but you know, no real running or, or training right now. Um, aside from a few little runs with the cross country kids, uh, middle school is still in full swing. We're doing our cross country season in middle school right now. My daughter's just, um, doing great. I'm really enjoying, um, being her coach and being, uh, you know, around the team, just a real fun environment. Uh, we're making some new trails at the middle school, which is super fun. Love that. Uh, I've done a few trail work days out there and built a new bridge or reconstructed a uh, existing bridge and, uh, you know, just cutting in new trails and stuff. So it's, it's been fun. Um, really, uh, really invigorating. Uh, so I'm, I'm enjoying that, that piece of it as well. 
uh, as far as coaching goes, uh, just, you know, uh, if, if you're interested in coaching, uh, I do have a few spots that will be opening up here uh, as we uh, move out of September and into October. So if you want to have a conversation, uh, perhaps not necessarily starting in October, but if you want to, uh, you know, get started for early next year and kind of get on, uh, on my radar for uh, an athlete to be coached uh, for a future event, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, you can go through my website, runningislife.run, and um, and reach out to me. Um, all my other contacts are in the show notes, so feel free. Uh, reach out and let's have a conversation. Usually I just send you a link to my call schedule uh, and, and you, know, you jump on and we have a conversation and you know kind of see if we're a good fit and as well as uh, you know when you want to get started, what are your goals? We talk about all that stuff. So uh, reach out if you are interested. Um, this week I head to Colorado. I'm really excited. So um, as this um, podcast release, I'll be um, getting ready to, to travel back to Colorado. I'm going to the USCA. Uh, coaching conference. Uh, it, the main presenter is Jason Coop. So just very excited to uh, to hopefully bring home some new information um, for for my athletes and you know um, being able to to you know hear some new perhaps some new concepts that I haven't thought of and uh, yeah so that, I'm very eager for that um, and uh, man everything else is um, is good here at the World of M you know at the uh, uh, <laughs> at the house here and, uh, just in life. So I'm, I'm happy to report, um, things are going the right direction. So, um, but uh, if you have questions, comments, uh, people you want to hear from, or you yourself want to, uh, come on the podcast as a guest, um, I encourage you to reach out, let me know, um, or send me a question through any of the avenues that are in the show notes. Uh, my next week's guest is going to be Scotty Coomer of 10 junk miles. Uh, looking forward to our conversation, uh, and, uh, also going to be trying to work on the October newsletter. Um, haven't done newsletter in a while and it's about time. So, um, if you have not subscribed for the newsletter, it is free. I usually do it once a month. I'm going to try to get back on that routine since the grand slam's done. Um, you know, please sign up for the newsletter on my website, running is life dot run. Uh, you can you know join there for free. And as I said, it comes out once a month, all the old, uh, newsletters are archived there. I write articles on running, training, racing, um, you know, gear, shoe reviews, all that kind of stuff. I try to make the, the newsletter pretty worthwhile. So, um, and if there's anything specifically you want to hear about in the newsletter, by all means, let me know. Um, but thank you guys for your time. As always, thanks to my Patreon supporters. Uh, it's just helps me continue to do this. If you are in the financial place to support on Patreon, you can click on the link in the show notes or on my website. Really appreciate that support. Thank you guys for everything. And, um, if you can't, that's, you know, uh, totally fine. If you would just, um, you know, of course, like, or subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, if, especially if you found the episode to be super useful. So appreciate you all. And, uh, you know, until next time, keep moving forward, keep running my friends.